Hello and welcome to the podcast of the damned. I'm your host Ian and joining me today as always is my co-host Nico. How's it going buddy? I'm good, how are you? I, I, I'm, I'm very good, how's your week been? Hell, but I'm not getting into that right now. <laughs> no, we got into that just before just before we came on air, so I think uh, I think I'll save you the, the pain of having to go through that again. But it's the end of another week, and here we are again on the podcast of The Damned to talk about yet another horror movie. I'd rather be living in The Omen right now, that's how good my week's been going. <laughs> oh, oh, would you rather have Damien as a child? <laughs> That's a, that sounds like a bad week you're having. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can just hear, we have a very special guest with us today. He is one of the hosts of The House That Screams, one of our one of our really close family member podcasts. Uh, please, everyone, if you're at home, clap your hands in your house. I don't know why you would do that. Uh, we are joined by the wonderful <laughs> David today. How's it going, my friend? Hey, nice to be here. Um, thrilled to be talking about this wonderful film. <laughs> thank, thank you. you thank you. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You, yeah, guys, you, you like, can't see, but I'm I'm curtsying right now. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we have this thing because whenever like we, we you know we've sort of collaborated on a few things between between the, you know my shows and the house that screams. You know we've we've been on a few different podcast episodes together, but we always seem to pick the classics when we come together to do a movie review. We pick the classics because the last time we did one, we were just talking about it. We did Night of the Living Dead, and I've been on. Uh, you know, the house that screams to talk about things like misery and Candyman. You know, we we pick the good stuff. Well, I tend to be, because I tend to like the older films because I'm the only person I, that I know on these podcasts that was actually alive when these movies came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nico, even you weren't alive for this and you're you're old as hell. You're old. You're the old oh, statesman of the podcast. You, yeah. Yeah, well, I can't listen, Nico. You're the statesman of the podcast. I'm a, I'm a decade younger than you. I'll, okay, I'll let you off then. I just, I'll let you off, I just like to remind you of that. I was eleven when this. I was eleven when this came out. I'll accept that, Ian, since I look younger than you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Anyways, anyways, uh, as you may have gathered, we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every single week in our quest to create a leaderboard of the best and worst horror movies of all time. This is episode number thirty, and as you may have already figured out, we are talking about the nineteen seventy six classic the omen if you would like to support us on our social medias you can do so at twitter just go to damn at twitter on twitter at damned podcast we're on facebook we're on instagram we're also on tiktok just search for podcast of the damned email us about anything at all pod of the damned at gmail.com and you can also support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned nico where can people find you on the socials uh, i was learning it it's <laughs> Nico twenty two Ross. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> that twi- on Twitter, yeah. Uh, you, t- you you interacted a couple of times this week. You're getting better. I did. I've had a little bit more time. Yeah, just a little bit. You're getting used to it. You're getting used to it. Uh, David, where can people find you? Where can people find your podcasts? Uh, the only um, I'm at, I'm excuse me. I'm on the house that screams. So if you seek that out on any of the platforms, you'll find me. Uh, that's about the only that's about the only social media presence I have other than my face my own Facebook page is through the house that screams yeah but uh, yes seek it out uh, we have a lot of fun on that show too um like a big family it's the it's 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 literally and I think Candy says this as well literally the biggest podcast in the world 
biggest as far as uh, number of people who participate every week? Yes. We, we, get, we, get, we get credit credit crowd going sometimes. I think the most, because obviously I, I, I've been on your show quite a few times now. And I think the most was, I think there was eight of us on one episode. I think we've most... had as many as 11. 11, 11, 11 people. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And poor, yeah, and poor Candy, you know, talk about herding cats. She's trying to like... <laughs> get everybody their turn and it's it, but we, we have a lot of fun she does a great job of it in fairness she's very good yeah she's like she's a wonderful podcast mother to all of us she is she is and she has been on this for those who are at home obviously candy has been on this show now twice nico did we have candy on twice yeah because you weren't there one yeah week. you weren't once there one with week. me and once without me yeah and we've also had obviously mac was on a couple of weeks ago uh, we've had rob on and we've also got sean coming on i think in the next few weeks as well so all the families getting getting to come on. Excellent. Yeah, I think I think she was on the only one I missed, pretty much. Yeah, it was Event Horizon. That's the one. You yeah, missed. that's the one. Oh, I was yeah, trying to remember. Yeah. It's the yeah, only, we did uh, that on the house that screams too. That is a that's a that's a good one. That, that's a, that's a, a great movie. Movie, great movie. Anyways, uh, Nico, before we get into the film, you obviously know our leaderboard. You know our listeners. You know, you know the script. Where do you think the Omen is going to come on the leaderboard? Our little prediction see, contest. See, I hope it's top five. You think it's a top five film? So out of all I, films, I hope done, it is. So, um, I, I do hope. So currently, uh, David, I'm not sure if you're aware, our, our, in our leaderboard, our top five movies of things that we reviewed. In fifth place, we've got A Nightmare on Elm Street. In fourth <laughs> place, we've got Tucker and Dale versus Evil. In third place, we have Reanimator. Second place, we have Halloween. And in first place, you, we've got Alien. So, Nico, you're saying it's going to mm. displace that top five? Yeah. I I think I genuinely think it should be top three, but I don't know if it will. Because I always three. get the scores wrong. Yeah, okay. I always get the scores wrong with this. You know that. You did. Well, no, you, you, were, you were way out last week. What did we do last week? I can't even remember. Ha- Halloween 2. You said that was going to yeah. be like quite high up the leaderboard, and it was like seventh bottom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how many how many movies are on this leaderboard? So right this is the 29th movie that we've covered. Uh, so this is so it's still quite a limited scope. But just for context, I'll go around some of the more. So we've got The Shining in sixth, Lost Boys is in seventh. We've got uh, American Psycho in ninth, Screams in eleventh, Doctor Sleeps in thirteenth, Event Horizon we were just talking about is in fifteenth, uh, and then we've got a couple other things like down near the bottom, like the Child's Play remake. Uh, Halloween oh, 2, Zombieverse, <laughs> they're all down near to the bottom there. So so we better get out of the way. Which do you prefer? No, 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 no Nico, because no, no, that's a misleading question. That's a misleading question. What? That's what we asked everyone else. No, 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 it's no, no, because you can't just say to someone, what do you prefer? Because okay, so, the argument so... is, right, no, no, no. so David, yeah. since I just mes- mentioned it there, and this is something we do talk about, pretty much every single week on the show. How do you feel about the Child's Play remake? Um, I haven't seen it. Have I seen it? No, you have not I, seen I it. Have not, no. I have not seen it, and I Good. feel no great burning need to see it. No. Good, I see keep it, it that way. No. Good, keep it that way. Just it's No, awful. don't see it. No. So, second question, because this is like, there's a few questions here. How do you feel about Dr. Sleep? You know what? I thought it was fantastic. I was... Yeah! Um, <laughs> we, uh, it did a great job of if you've read the book um, and then seen the read the book The Shining and seen the movie The Shining, you know, the, it's all these different interpretations. It did a great job of straddling the line between people who tend to be loyal to the Shining, the novel, and Shining the movie. 
it did a great job of serving both fan bases. I thought it covered it covered both ends really well. Okay. I thought it was so, fantastic. So um, just to David, I love you a little bit because that <laughs> sounds very familiar. So um, basically, I, I I'm personally not a fan of Doctor Sleep. Um, Nico is a big fan of Doctor Sleep. It was the very first episode we covered on the show, and it became this sort of thing like I like an off the cuff remark that I made quite a while ago, I think it was still when we were doing the old show, Nico, um, that I claimed that I would much, I'd rather watch the Child's Play remake than Doctor Sleep again. Cause oh, I actually, wow. Because I actually oof. don't think the Child's Play remake is all that bad. Like, I don't think it's amazing, <laughs> but I think it's fine. And Nico's but... dead against that movie. So it's been just an ongoing thing now for months and months. Yes, and every time we, there's a guest on, we ask their opinion on it because I'm always proven right. I mean, you pretty much are always agreed with. I'm very much in the minority here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on this hill. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, stick to your guns, man. Stick to your guns. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Talk about, now, this movie, The Omen, had a remake. <laughs> yes, right. It did. How, how do we feel about that? Well, you know what's funny? Um, I was reading about it in the trivia. I don't actually have it in my trivia. Roger Ebert, actually, and I mean, we all know, like he is. Uh, bit odd when it comes to horror films but he actually rated the remake higher than the original (laughs) Uh, the remake is not is not great see the remake is weird because like the main characters feel like background characters to all the background characters because they're just they they eat up all the scenery all the background characters are just amazing yeah which I, i think what is that's wonderful about the original is how understated uh, the evil is other than the opposite, the few shocking deaths that happen, like the, the, the villains are not, they're not, you know, cartoonish villains. They're regular, they, they're everybody, they're every, every man. Yeah. yeah. And I find that, that so much brings sort of a sense of paranoia to it. You don't know who, uh, you know, could be a, a servant of the devil because they look just like everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I uh, love be- that too. Be- before we get into things any deeper... I do need to actually intro the segment. So today we are talking about the omen. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, something terrible happened. And then, it happened again. Was it an accident? Was it murder? Was it a coincidence? Or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. I have fears. I have fears. Kind of fears. Its mother, Mr. Thorne. It's on my wife. Its mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a... This is not a human child. There are those who will die for him. Uh, 
There are those who will kill for him. Who is he? What does he want? Where did he come from? And can he be stopped? Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. If this is the truth, where does it end? This movie was released in 1976, was directed by Richard Donner, stars Gregory Peck, Lee Remick and Harvey Stevens. The IMDb plot is as follows. Mysterious deaths surround an American ambassador. Could the child that he is raising actually be the Antichrist, the devil's own son? Tagline, our final warning. Nico, what do you think? I actually quite like that warning. Like that as a tagline? Yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, it's the greatest mystery of all because no human being will ever solve it. Despite the fact that nah. you solved it in the film. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, back to what we were talking about there. Yeah, um, you know what, David? Like, I think that's one of the uh, that is one of the real sort of high points of this film for me is the fact that it th- this film is completely based around sort of supernatural incidents and supernatural occurrences. Yet none of the actual murders none of the deaths none of the characters actually seem to possess any of sort of those supernatural abilities other than the suggested abilities that damien may or may not have and i think that's really smart yeah yeah the the, the, the most yeah the most supernatural thing i think is like the way that the dog initially sort of tells the nanny to kill herself in the opening yeah the old the, yeah that that's that's about the closest you really get to like you said, like suggestion, like someone forcing someone else to do anything. It's really the dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, I've... Sorry, Nico. No, no, yeah, I totally agree. It's like the, the dog thing is only a real supernatural thing. That in the nanny, there's nothing supernatural about her apart from she is just, like, lives for Damien. Well, 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 let's just fucking get in, right? Like, well, we'll just get into Mrs. Baylock, right? Because oh. I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't be letting her anywhere near my child. Yeah, well, the, ag- the agency sent her, so it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was just a different time, right? But I'm pretty confident that agencies just don't go around being like, "Oh, I'll just send you someone you've not asked for." I'm pretty Say sure that's not. not how agencies work. Saying that, they might have been trying to make up for the other one hogging herself. Well, yeah, they felt bad, and probably maybe they gave them like a discount on their first month. You know, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry that your last nanny killed herself. Here's a twenty five percent off. Coupon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those people that complain at restaurants and get like two pounds off their next meal, <laughs> right? But but she but they actually address that. You know, when she shows up and Mrs. Baylock shows up, Lee Remick and um, oh sorry, Gregory Peck say, "Oh, I thought you found her. Oh, I thought you found her." So they actually bring that up, and she she explains, yeah, the agency just sent me because they saw about your last nanny. They actually, she actually says they read about your last nanny in the paper, which we thought was amusing because wouldn't they have already known that one of their employees killed themselves without having to read about it in the paper? Yeah, you'd think that the the agency would be aware of the, <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah, um, did anybody hear from Susan today? No, I don't know. What <laughs> Did she 
we're putting our timesheet this week. We can't find <laughs> yeah, it. She filled it out, you know. <laughs> well, she's been clocked in for six weeks. Overtime. Overtime to be a killer here. She never clocked out before she hugged herself, so she's got a big paycheck. Big paycheck coming, yeah. Mrs. Baylock will scoop that right up, though. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like one of the things as well that sort of confused me about all that, you know, um, I think, is it Holly, the original nanny is called? Oh, wow, called, that's a good question. I don't I think know. She, I think she's called Holly. Anyways, yeah. so, you know, the scenes we get with her, she seems like quite like quite a warm and loving and caring nanny, as you would probably expect to come from nanny. But Mrs. Baylock comes in and she's very, very cold and they seem very willing to just accept what she says as fact. Yeah, it, it like genuinely it must have been a different time, or they're just the normal ones that are posh and don't give a shit about their child. They're like, yeah, that one will take care of it. It's fine. But you say that, right? You say that, that, that but we get these the sort of whole set of scenes where you know we see Gregory Peck and Lee Remick spending time with Damien and actually sort of you know playing with him and going on outings and things like that. So it doesn't seem like they're particularly cold, uncaring parents. No, certainly not at, not at first, yeah. Um, one of the things, just to sort of move this along a little bit, I want to ask you guys, right? Because I'm not convinced that Damien is actually the... In, just in this movie, Damien is actually doing anything. Because what does Damien actually do in this movie other than just be a small child? <laughs> Knocks his mother off the bay. So yeah, she... but he's 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 on he's playing and he's trying to go. Yeah, he knocks her off, but that he could... deliberately does. No, that. no, no, no you, but you don't know that. That could be. He's five no. years old. He's five. No, years Mrs. Old. Mrs. Baylock sends him out. If you watch that scene, he's going around in a circle in his playroom, and she's watching him. Mrs. Baylock's watching him, and she's got that sinister look. And she opens the door and sends yeah. him on his way down the hallway. Yeah, it's almost yeah. as if she is using Damien in that point, which I find interesting. Yeah. In fact, he's not even, as he's, as he's pedaling his trike down the hall, he's not even looking up. He's like, you know, pedaling and looking really intently down. He doesn't, it's almost like he's being used, which yeah. I found. That... And it's funny as well, because you, you mentioned it earlier when it, when it regards to the original nanny, it's not even Damien, it's, it's the dog that actually you get that sort of scene where they're connect, they're making eye contact as well. Right. And, you know, and, and that... when it comes to uh, Lee Remick, that's also Mrs. Baylock as well. Uh, when it comes to Jennings, that's you know, Damon's not even in the same country. Yeah, well, that that's pre- it's all. This movie's all about protecting Damien. This is all about it's all f- what you what you mean being... what you mean, Nico. It's all it, for Damien. I was just get off the roof. Get off the roof. <laughs> all for you, Damien. Uh, and that look that that smile she has on her face when she jumps is just haunting. It's yeah. like. This it's just grin of total um I, I love and um you know joy about what she's about to do. Hmm. Yeah, it's and this was pre eighties. Those kids never got any shrinks to sort them out afterwards. No. Oh not back then. No, no, not back then. No. All right. Well no, they they sort of skirt around the issue of mental health in this movie as well, because there's a couple of times where I can't even remember when it was, but like I think it's when um the, the the Gregory Peck and Lee Remick are talking about Damien and you know they've got a healthy young boy physically or otherwise I think is the words that she used so they sort of skirt around the whole mental health aspect of things in this film which is I feel like a very 70s thing to do anyway yeah and also the mental health of the mother is you you come to sort of sense that like uh 
um, Gregory Peck and like when he's talking to the doctor, they're almost like, you know, maybe the strain of motherhood is a little bit much for her. Yeah. yeah. I just like, thought that as well. Like like, the mother. They're, they're talking about these things that would have been pretty taboo in the UK in the 70s, things like abortion, things like, you know, men, like we're talking about mental health. These are also a big taboo subjects going back, you know, oh, yeah. what are we talking about, 40, 46 years, you know? So, a lot, you know, these were these were shocking things that, that wouldn't shock us now, you know? Hearing that someone has had an abortion now unless you're heavily right-wing, is not a particularly shocking thing, or hearing that someone has got mental health issues is not a shocking thing, but it would have been in the 70s. Aye, but well, this whole the... movie is designed to shock you. Like, the, the whole premise of it back then as well, nobody really talked about the devil, so that it was just, you know, it was basically shock value at its finest. David, I want a, a quick... And feel free to not answer this. Um, were you brought up religious? Uh, no, not at all. No, okay. I, I, I wasn't. Nico, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident you weren't. <laughs> they tried, it didn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, you know, obviously these, this is a movie that's heavily based in, in you know, sort of heavily based in religion and things like that. And I just wonder how it maybe feels to someone who is of that sort of mindset, someone who is heavily, heavily religious, you know, to me, I, I classify myself as a very, very strong atheist. Um, you know, so I, you know, I come looking at this from a much more sort of scientific point of view, if you will. I do kind of have that in my head though about, well, I wonder how someone who really does believe in God and someone who really does practice, maybe not these to this extent and things like that, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, because I, I don't I don't know many religious people. Nico, do you know anyone who's pretty religious and knows about this film? I know a couple of folk, and they they just see it as pure entertainment. To be honest, fair enough. Fair enough. It doesn't offend them. It doesn't offend them in any way. No, not really. The the only one that really sort of offended them was uh, what's it called that mother one that they got pissed off with that. Mm. Uh, the, with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. That yeah. One? That's yeah. the only one I've ever heard them bitch about when it came to religion. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were t- still talking about this movie. I got very confused. <laughs> oh, no, like, Jennifer no, no, Lawrence was in this movie. <laughs> she wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> um, so, David, you, you, was I right in hearing you said you were 11 when this came out? I was 11 years old when this came out. The 1976 was a great year for movies, I got to tell you. So, do you was there? Well, obviously, this was a little bit before me, but like, do you remember there being much fanfare around this movie? Do you remember there being controversy around it? I don't. I don't know that I was aware. I don't. I don't remember anything in the news. And then reading on the film, I didn't find anything in the looking at uh, reading about the movie that said that there were protests. Um, it is interesting that before this movie came out, um, like in the Bible, like the the, um, the Antichrist is not even referred to as the son of the devil yeah. that's a that's that's a fabrication of this film but it's become so part of the zeitgeist now that people assume that the it says in the bible that the antichrist would be the son of the devil where it actually says no such thing this movie was really pretty impactful as far as people's beliefs um a lot of it doesn't come from the bible at all like the poem yes. that uh, they come up with that's not actually in the bible at all that's a pure fabrication people will tell you oh yeah that's completely out of the book of revelations well no actually it's not yeah, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of that in here as well. absolutely. I think so. That's a, that just shows how impactful this movie was. That people still believe that to this day. This movie actually planted itself in our psyche and hasn't left. Well, what if, there's four four different documentaries about the curse of this, and I don't believe yeah. in it to be honest. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that either. I, you, there's so many movies that you hear that about the various cursed sets. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Didn't we cover the one? Exorcist, was the Exorcist. The Exorcist, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Blair Witch as well. Witch. Yeah, yeah, so I, like that. That. yeah I mean, a... I, I did take notes of the supposed curse just because it was a topic that I wanted to bring up. And so just I'll just go through it a little bit as well. So uh, some of the things that happened... Uh, during and after the filming of this movie so things like Gregory Peck and one of the screenwriters they took separate planes to the UK both of which ended up being struck by lightning one of the producers was in Rome and was not uh, a bolt of lightning narrowly missed him uh, the Rottweilers that they hired for the film would attack their trainers. One of the hotels where the director was staying at was bombed by the IRA. He was also knocked down by a car uh, Gregory Peck had cancelled a flight to Israel and the plane that he would have charted ended up crashing, killing all, killing everyone on board. Although I don't believe that particular story is verified. Um, so I'm not 100% certain on that one. Uh, on the first day of the shooting, several principal members of the crew survived a head-on car crash. And in, during post-production, one of the special effects artists was injured and his girlfriend was beheaded. But that was on the yeah. set of a different movie. So I'm not sure you can but, attribute that to the omen. But the weird one about that is the special effects guy is the guy that did the beheading scene in the movie. Yeah. That's why that's related to it. Because they're like, you did a beheading scene, you did the special yeah. effects for it, and now your missus... Just but this saying. is the thing. When it comes to these sorts of things, I've just lifted all, listed off quite a lot of stuff there, right? And yeah. each individual one is something that, touch wood, none of us will ever sort of really have to live through in the future, I certainly hope that. And, you know, things like being struck by lightning, they're very, very rare occurrences. They don't happen very often. However... Well, that's the thing. Planes get struck how... by lightning all the time. Yeah. yeah. The two of them that say... That, like, that whole thing with the, the planes being struck by lightning... That happens way too often. It happens that often they don't even tell you when you get struck by lightning, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the one where um, the producer get, has a narrow miss about being struck by lightning, so so he was fine, um, you know, and, you know, bombings by the IRA, This these were sort of, com like, these were more, mo like, common things at the time. You know, so when you sort of boil it down, it's such a huge leap to just say, oh yeah, this is a curse. Uh, well, in, in any in any film production, there are hundreds and hundreds of people, and maybe I don't know, thousands of people involved. So if you look at every incident across all those people, you're going to find things. You know, yeah, it's just absolutely. the law of averages. Things are going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, I know you were talking about the link there between uh, the special effects. His name was John Richardson, and his girlfriend, who unfortunately died. You know, I, I'm saying like, you know, the movie that she was working on was was like a whole year and a half later as well. So like, if I go like. I, let's just say, God forbid, because even though I'm not religious, in a year and a half's time, I get knocked down by a bus or or whatever. God I'm not, I'm not going to say that this episode of the podcast was cursed. <laughs> no, it's no, God's work. It's just God's work. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, wow, so God ran you over with a bus. God like, ran wow. you over with a bus, yeah. He, he, he didn't want any doubt. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Like foot comes down like in Monty Python. He goes, just mark it yeah. sure, just mark it sure, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think it's, I think it's a lot of shit to be honest. I think it was a marketing tool because if you look at when those documentaries come out, it was roundabout. I think it was the Omen Three, 
the remake, <laughs> and then the 30th edition, I think it was, where it was all four films together. So I think it was like, it, it was, I remember one was definitely the box set, because I got the box set. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, if, I, it sounds morbid, but it, as a marketing tool, it's, it's smart marketing. Exactly. Um, Play the on thing... the fears of what this fucking movie actually has. Well, oh, it's the... God's work, so the devil must be real too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, one of the things, you know, uh, David, you sort of mentioned there earlier, you know, when we were talking about not really remembering if there was that much controversy. I didn't particularly read about any much controversy. Do you think the fact that The Exorcist came out three years prior had much to do with that? Uh, I don't know. Did The, did the Exorcist garner a lot of controversy? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that was... I know there were people saying that there were people passing out in the theaters and stuff like that. No, there was big, there was, there were yeah. protests and there was, protests. there was like whole, like, uh, Linda, Blair, Linda, Bla- and Linda Blair needed personal security for a long time after the filming, after it was released. Yeah, they were, they were saying they were going to kill her and everything. Yeah, and she not... was just a little girl, you know, and she <laughs> was getting just... death threats and such a Christian thing to do. Yeah, of, of course, yeah. you know. <laughs> Nico, what do you think? Do you think that had any bearing on this movie and the reception it got? I think it helped with this movie, to be honest, because it sort of laid the groundwork for it. Like, not a lot of movies went on about the devil. They went on about possession and stuff, but they never actually said it was the Antichrist or the devil or anything like that. And uh, that's why the story of the curse came about as well. It's sort of linked to that, because they were saying the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convinced that everybody didn't exist, and you're basically making a movie about it. So that's sort of like where it's balanced with. Yeah, because even in The Exorcist, we're not talking about the actual devil. Exactly. We're talking about Pazuzu. And, right. You know, you know so that is, is, like you say, a slightly different thing as well. And then there was a Rosemary's Baby, right? 1968. Yep. Yep. Which actually was the dead, right? It was the son of the devil. I believe find so, out, right? yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched that movie. Yeah. <laughs> very long yeah it's it's a it's a great movie but movies were slower back then i think it's it's not exactly action-packed yeah Yeah, well that's the thing as well because when i was sort of reading up because one of the things i do um for all of our episodes is read up on you know uh viewers reviews on things like letterboxd and imdb and all those sorts of things and rotten tomatoes just to try and gauge sort of where the general and I, i tend to read you know top and the bottom reviews to see where the sort of variations lie and one of the the big criticisms and i think this is just what's what's going to be like when you're in 2022 people are watching this you know now when it came out for like you say they were much much slower paced and you know i think now that's probably going to put a good chunk of your casual audience off yeah well, yeah the, well, the omen it, it is slower paced but it does have some great uh shocking moments in it Oh, absolutely. I mean, like we've already talked about, you know, Holly hanging herself, which is an incredibly shocking scene because it's, it's, if you've not watched this, you're not seeing that coming. No, you know, no, at, not at all. Uh, at all. And it's, and it's, and it's fairly, fa- it's fairly early on in the film too. Yeah. And you've also got, you know, the, the let's talk about the decapitation scene, which again, Clap. obviously they, they hint at that slightly, uh, uh, you know, through the film and, and the whole thing about the photos and and yeah. and the such, but you know when it actually happens, you know it's it it it, it kind of takes you aback a little bit. That 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 particular death is very shocking, especially for nineteen seventy six. 
Absolutely, and because they they just put so much focus and emphasis on it. I think they use like five was it five or six different camera angles and different mm. cameras to get all the various different shots. Of course, now in twenty twenty two, it's just a revolving GIF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right. Um, but uh, yeah, like a very very shocking scene. And one of the things that I found a little odd was uh, quite a lot of comments saying, "Oh, how the special effects haven't really held up." And I don't think that's necessarily true. Like the decapitation scene, you know, it's very clearly not, uh, you know, a, a part, obviously. Really, David Warner's head coming up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but um, like, I, I, that's I the only one I would say it doesn't really hold up. The rest are all right, but I that think the special effects in the film in general are are perfectly fine. Well, saying that the baboon bit when it attacks the car, when the baboons are attacking the car, yeah, that they actually attacked the trainer straight after they were really attacking the car. So, but, but did you know why? Do you know why they were attacking the car? Did they not cover it in something? I can't no, no, remember. no. They 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 took one of the baboons, uh, put her, uh, put it under sedation, and had it in the car. That's it. I couldn't remember for a second. That uh, so, so you know, I it was the trainer's own fault for doing that. Yeah. But still. It's it's just mental, you know. Yeah. So uh, like like there's a lot of it. You're looking at it and you're going, they they've really actually done that. Like they got away with it, but then doing shit like that, you know. I mean, you'd never get away with that nowadays. No, no, absolutely not. One of the things that I did read as well was, you know, because there, regardless of how you feel about either film, there's always going to be these comparisons taking place between, you know, The Exorcist and The Omen. And one of the things I kept reading about, um. I can't remember her name now off the top of my head, was, you know, the woman in, who was, she was, like, permanently injured while filming The Exorcist. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Was, she was Linda Blair's stunt double, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it, that's it. I can't remember her name, but she, like, she was a spinal injury she she suffered during um, a stunt. But anyways, um, they were doing a similar style of stunt in, in, in The Omen, and one of the things I read when it was written down, it was like, of course, um, Richard Donner is significantly less unhinged than William Friedkin, yet, <laughs> yet he's still, you know, putting sedated baboons in the back of cars to try and get <laughs> baboons to attack the car, and, you know, like, yeah. baboons, they'll, they'll kill you, they'll kill you dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're vicious, vicious creatures. But you know how she injured her back with that? They tied her to the board too tight and then just started throwing her about. That's how yeah. she got a spinal injury. Yeah. Fucking nuts, like. It was insane. It was crazy. It was just a crazy time. There was no health and safety in the 70s. Nah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we want to we dope up a baboon. Go for it. <laughs> today, they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't, probably wouldn't do it that way today. No, I think they would, they, they would, we just also have the capabilities of doing these things slightly differently and, and a lot more safety as, safely as well, so... I guess but that's so. the, the that, that's but that particular scene is so frightening because it is obviously baboons attacking this car. You know, it's not they're not puppets. They're not well, yeah. obviously not CGI, not seventy six. They were so that that scene is particularly terrifying because we've all driven through those yeah. wildlife yeah. parks, our cars, and you can't tell me you're not thinking about that when you're driving. Like, what if this you know whatever animal decided he wanted in right now or. Well, that's the thing as well, because most of the thing, times when you do that and you go through these animal parks and you go through, you know, baboon enclosures or lion enclosures or, or whatever, you know, 90% of the time, that animal, if that one's in your car, it's getting in your car. Is it bad that I've always been going through them going, that would look cute on my rug? <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to take that home with me and just have it as my pet. 
Do you want to take? Just a open up. Just open up the back door and hope he jumps in with you. Just pretty much. I. Turns you brought out like that, a can. You brought a can of cat food with you to lure him into the car. I hey. didn't. Uh, I didn't know we'd invited Joe Exotic onto this uh, podcast. <laughs> I would Here, love to have a big cat. Yeah, Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I saw a big cat when I was a kid, and it was at one of those parks. It was Blair Drummond, and there was cubs. And the thing that made me love cats was the fact that I saw this cub eating a pig's head, but it looked like it had the pig's head on as it was eating it. It just kept on showing its own face covered in blood, and it looked like it had a pig's head. I was just like, this is cool as fuck. I want that. Well, Nico, <laughs> you're just going to have to settle for small cats, okay? Yeah, I am. I Because they're, they're vicious enough. <laughs> They, they are. Oh, yeah, but not, no, they are. Yeah. Not as vicious as the dogs in this movie. Did you see what happened there? And that's another one. They say the special effects don't hold up in that. The guy took more padding out and it actually tore the shit out of his legs. Yeah, he had to go to hospital. He ended up with some serious yep. injuries as well. Um, despite the fact that he had pad like all the safety padding and, and things like that. So yeah. But you know what that is, Nico? That's that curse. Yeah, the curse. That's what it is. The curse. That's the dread. No, it's curse. called it's a, it's called pissing off a bunch of Rottweilers. <laughs> it's, it's called being a stupid twat. Going, I know I can do this with less podding, even so that's what's been proven that works. I'll do it with less, just so it gives you a better shot. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that again, I get, I feel like it's going to be the theme of this episode. That's the seventies for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the one again? There's the the. They jumped off the building. I can't remember which movie it is, but they jump off the building and they hadn't inflated the bug enough and they kept that take in it. The guy almost died. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a horror movie as well from the 70s. And it's I'm just sure. like, yeah, that's that's just the normal. I'm not sure I've read about that. That was one of the other ones that's meant to be cursed and I can't remember which one it is. Fair enough, fair enough. Um... So yeah, I always find it funny how these curses always come about when it's basically just human error normally. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's again what we were going back and saying about. They can either be, you know, very very easily explained away, or it's a mistake. You know, like that's that's how these things happen, and people would much rather just choose to believe the fantastical than than the mundane. But that's the thing, right? The thing about the whole God and Devil thing—it's a good way of controlling the masses. It's what basically the Bible was invented for. You know what I mean? Constantine invented the Bible for controlling his empire and that's how it came into existence nico you're a fountain of knowledge today sorry <laughs> and it's a way and it was a not religion specifically but just belief in the supernatural is a way to think that you're controlling things that are really beyond your control i mean nothing when you're a caveman nothing's more frightening than a thunderstorm or, exactly. you know, so you've come up with ways to explain it and then and to give yourself the illusion of control well if i I can propitiate it by sacrificing this goat, you know, then the lightning won't strike. You know, it's it's bullshit, but it makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like um, if, if you tell your mates you're doing a Ouija board and you're moving it and they're like, oh my God, are you moving it? No. Nico, no, you're I'm definitely the it. one that moves it, aren't you? Actually, no, I'm not normally. I, I want to see who it is and I normally try and sit there working out who it is. Not that mm. I've ever done a Ouija board, obviously, because that's just like... Would you so not do? Scary. You've told me that you wouldn't do one of those before. I've never done one, but I would do one. I've because... done it a few times. I was taking the piss. Oh right, I was always saying. Like, <laughs> have you ever done a Ouija board, uh, David? I think when we were yeah, when I was a kid, I actually remember having one laying around. Yeah, I don't remember it ever being. You know, hell, I, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons at that time. So I was already <laughs> would you do one? Well, would... steeped in, sat- in satanic things back then. 
would you would you do one now? Like, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to do one now. But if someone said to you, "Let's do a Ouija board," would you do one? No, yeah. I don't think I don't no? think so. Because it's not because it's not real, and if it's moving, obviously somebody's moving it. There's yeah. no there's no fun in that. Well, it is fun if you're the person moving. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, was that a house party, and uh, me, Maria, our brother, and like three other people were doing it? You know, and our brother was moving it, just constantly going die. Die, die, just <laughs> over and over again. And, and Maria was quite like, you know, the God's real and the devil's real, but I don't, I'm not religious. And I'm like, well, you are. And uh, anyway, he's doing this over and over again. And she's like, make it stop, make it stop. And I'm fucking sitting there just crying with laughter. You know what I mean? She's like, you're moving it. I'm like, watch this. No, I'm not. And she's like, no, you let the spirit out. Ah. But right. yeah, no, so, I love Ouija board. Just to, just to sort of drag us kicking and screaming back to the movie i want to bring up this point right because you know obviously throughout this film it, like we've talked about it, it's good versus evil it's you know uh, gregory peck lee remick and david uh, uh, david warner against you know damien and mrs baylock and and the such right yeah. but in the opening scene gregory peck does something that is so incredibly heinous mm-hmm. that i just cannot bring myself at any point in this movie to even remotely root for him he what is that well he they they, they're having a baby which unfortunately is murdered we find out is murdered but he is told has died and replaces it with another baby without the knowledge of his wife yep think about it it's it's one way it used to be done back in the day a lot of rich people did that but that doesn't make it right it's I'm not incredibly it hate. That's such a heinous thing to do. Yeah, and, but and then a, or, then a you got to suggest it. Sorry, but you, you got to remember, most of these babies that were replacing other babies were single moms at the time when it was fucking or like harlots of the night, you know. And it was like those people that basically, if they had these kids, it would have a hell of a lifetime. Listen, so listen. it's actually a good thing, really. Oh, no, don't no, no. I'm not. I'm no. I'm no buying that. No, I'm, I disagree with you, Nick. Like that's 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 horrible. That's such a horrible, horrible I, thing. I agree. With it. It's a horrible thing nowadays, but not then. No, I, 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 I don't buy that. Well, it was horrible to think that a man would agree to do that. I'll replace my child, and I won't tell my wife. It's like there's a later scene when he's talking to the doctor. The doctor says that she wants an abortion, and like Gregory Peck has to like give his permission for her to get yep. an abortion, and he, and he refuses to that. It's the, like we said, it's the 70s, man. Yeah. It was yeah. the 70s. Oh, dear. But we comment that, we comment, my girlfriend and I were watching it last night, we commented on that very thing that, oh my God, he's not even going to tell her, you know? It's one of those yeah. things, because obviously, you know, we've all watched it, I think, but we'll, we'll have all watched this movie quite quite a few times, I think it's, it's safe to say. It's kind of one of those things that I almost forget every time I watch. Like, I'll put it on, and it happens, and I'll be like, oh yeah, he does this shit. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just, to me, it's just, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy concept to me. I know what you're saying, Nico, but I'm just never going to wrap my head around that. It's just, no, that's, it's it's incredible. Totally Something else that... Nowadays, but for but then, it was the norm. Hmm. Sorry, David. Something else that caught our attention during that opening scene is that the uh, priest keeps referring to the child as it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's intentional. Uh, um, you come to find out later that that you know priest was in the service of the devil too. But he re- keeps referring to the child as it when they clearly know it's a boy. 
Yeah. Well, fa- well, Father Brennan refers to it as it quite a few times as well when he talks about mm-hmm. you know its mother and its this and its that. It, so, yeah, like, I, I witnessed its birth, right? Yeah, so it is a recurring theme, and then obviously you know we get that scene in the graveyard uh, when they're yeah. digging up the, the corpses, and you know we 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 find all the the, the grisly details out. So son of a bitch, yeah. It's uh, it's very you know the, the foreshadowing is very much there, you know throughout. Yeah. But I, st- I still, I'm still going with the fact uh, that I think Gregory Peck is very, very quick to jump to child murder. I know he has that brief moment uh, just before Jennings dies of defiance, but he is very quick to be like, right, I'm going to murder this child that's done nothing. Well, well you've got to think been, of it the other way as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, his wife just got tossed out of a hospital window and that yeah, was the has, final straw for him when his wife no, dies. But he has zero proof that it is Damien. But you got yeah, to remember, he's also point... just realised his son, his actual son, has been murdered to be replaced by this kid. Yeah, so the pieces have all come together for him. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, that's I mean, fine. Yeah, they, they found the. I mean, they found the body of the the skeleton of the jackal that gave birth to him, you know, yeah. next to the skeleton of his murdered son. The pieces all kind of fit in his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like that's that's. He's that. there. I actually found it more surprising that, as you mentioned, that scene later with Jennings when he has his moment of doubt and tosses the the daggers aside. That surprised me even more that he would suddenly, you know, reverse himself like that. Well, it did. Same. It did. It did Same. seem. It did seem a little out of place, didn't it? Because all the way up until that point, he was dead set. Right, we're going to kill Damien. And then he just has this one, well, I don't know, like, maybe he wasn't satisfied with the method of the murder? I don't know. But You gotta stab him with the shape of a cross with, like, fucking, was it, nine doggers? You know, it just seemed like a really weird moment to have. Obviously, you know, the purpose of it was for it to get Jennings into position for his decapitation, but it did seem very out of place for, for the character from Gregory Peck, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, at that point, I think so, yeah. I would have been convinced. Okay. Um, David, I know you, you, you've you got kids, right? I have a daughter, yes. You have you have a daughter. So um, how, to your, when your daughter was younger, when she, when she was merely a baby, did she ever throw a tantrum like what Damien did going to church? No. <laughs> hell, hell, if someone drugged me to an Episcopal wedding, I'd be throwing the tantrum like that. So, and I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I think I remember her in a Target one time having a meltdown because she wanted a toy, but actually my daughter was fairly, uh, fairly low key. She never, I know there was never any moment where I thought she was the spawn of the devil. <laughs> did, did you check the hair just in case? Uh, you know, it's interesting. She was born with a full head of hair. So had she had that birthmark, Ooh. I would have had to, yeah, have cut the hair to see it. But uh, no, I'm not that, I, did, I don't, I don't, I don't She's not, I don't think she's, you know, she, I, never, I never had any moments like that. I introduced her to horror movies very early on. So she's been into this stuff right along with me. It was uh, some of the greatest memories I have of watch introducing her to horror movies like this and Dawn of the Dead and stuff when she was very young, way too young, probably. Or yeah. did she introduce you to it and you just don't realize you need to check under that skull? Just the know, six, I'm gonna, under the skull? Under the skull. <laughs> How would you you do that now? Like, how would you check? (laughs) What I did like was in that scene where he's clipping Damien's hair. He knew exactly where to clip. I know. What was that? (laughs) That's 
just a lucky guess. Just a just so happened. Yeah, you know, if that was me, I'd be I'd have the be the like the last strand of hair. But um, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway. To be honest, I'd have the clippers go, let's have some fun. <laughs> so and that dinner and a kid must have been a heavy sleeper. I don't I know. know you just pair of scissors to my scalp. I'm waking up. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. Uh okay, so obviously in this movie, spoilers, in case you didn't know, uh evil triumphs in this movie over good. You know, Gregory Peck ends up getting shot by the police, Damien survives. Uh, what did you think of this just overall as an ending? It gets implied that Damien's now going to be... Is it, is it brought up by the president? That's not what actually happens in the sequel, though, right? Right, in the sequel, he's adopted by um, his father's brother, his uncle. That's right, that's right. Yeah. But but it would make, it would have made sense that the president would have been at the funeral because the guy was, you know, ambassador to Great Britain. So yeah. it does... It does that, that. The movie does imply that he's going to go off with the president, but it does make sense. It doesn't break your belief later on that he's not with the president you know no, he's no, with definitely his not um but i just want to get how like both of you guys your overall thoughts on on uh, on this as an ending because obviously you know evil triumphing over good is is an ending that you know we're, we're familiar with here in 2022 but i'm not i'm not sure how familiar people may have been with that in the mid 70s as well especially again when we're talking about d- not just demonic possession we're talking about the devil yeah <laughs> Nico? I, I love it. I love the downer ending. I think it's fantastic. The way what? he smiles, the way the kid turns to the camera and gives you that little shit-eating grin, like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. But that's the thing. Like I saw this, the usual, with a heap of other kids watching it in two different bits at lunch break. And genuinely, I remember we watched this and everyone was looking at each other like, one of these fuckers could be the devil. That's what you were doing <laughs> on your lunch break? I was out the back having like a smoke. <laughs> I oh, used to sneak to my mate's house, which I've told you before. Yeah, yeah, you've told me before. But I'm I thought you, about meant, I thought you, you were just like watching it at school. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being it. We were at primary school when we watched this, so if I was going out for a smoke then, there's something really wrong. I know it was the 80s, but Jesus. Yeah, fair, enough. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, um, I'm with you, David. Like, you know, I really, I'm a big sort of fan of the, the whole sort of downer ending. In general, you know, I, I'm not a sort of sunshine and roses and good must triumph over evil kind of guy anyway nico how do you feel about it i i love the end you know me i my favorite star wars is empire strikes buck you know i mean like anytime the bad guys win i fucking love it fair enough fair enough well that that we were all in agreement that was that did not generate (laughs) the kind of discussion that i thought it might but uh no that's great that we're, we're all in agreement um David, have you got anything else about the movie that you want to bring up, you know, that we haven't talked about or covered yet? We don't, because I know we haven't really gone into things sort of scene by scenes or any specific scenes or any moments or any bits of trivia that you want to talk about. The, the scene where he where he knocks his mother off of the, uh, yes. the stool over the band, that that entire sequence is just is, is brilliant filmmaking, the way it's shot and the, the way that there's music leading up to it. But once Mrs. Balak opens the door, the music stops and it's just the sound of the squeaking tricycle. It's just so well done. And then the yeah. slow motion shot of the fishbowl falling and shattering. Uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant filmmaking that that entire sequence is just tour de force. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you there. Um, I think that's the actual scene where the they did the similar stunts to the one that they did in The Exorcist. Yeah. That's that's the scene that we were sort of referring to, the, the link. Um, and they did it slightly differently so she wouldn't hurt herself. But no, I, I completely agree with you. Like, you know, and again, it, it 
it tells you so much that scene as well because as you mentioned earlier as well you know it's kind of mrs baylock that's really driving that scene as well she's the one who lets damien loose if she hadn't opened that door damien would probably just continue to ride around in circles in his bedroom um yeah look more than happy to right because he hasn't gotten his powers yet if, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about the second one a little bit the, the Dame, uh, omen two yeah I mean, you can you can talk about it now if you like well in that one you, it starts off where damien what is he like 15 i guess he's a military school he doesn't he still doesn't realize who he is mm -hmm. and that's when he starts to realize and he actually starts to get some powers then so in yeah. this one that's why mrs Baylock is there to begin with is to protect him because he needs protection he's he's helpless on his own he, not until he becomes a young man that he's able to you know take care of himself so i i, I think the second one have you seen the second one the i have two? seen the second one i, was I, I think it's a, i think it's an underrated gem i think it's a fantastic movie especially for a sequel I mean, it's not perfect. It's not as good as The Omen, but I, I, it saddens me how few people have seen it. It's it's a really effective horror movie. Yeah, no, I... Sorry, Nico. No, no, I, I totally agree. I, I love the second one, but I must admit, I do like the one with Sam Elliott more like... Oh, God, I haven't seen that one in forever. Is that that one's like where he's like, what is it, Final Conflict, it's called. You mean Sam, yeah, the final you mean Sam Neil? Sam Neil, sorry. What did I say? Sam Elliott. Oh, Jesus, that would be even better. <laughs> See, that would be a totally different movie, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Get plenty of sleep when I'm dead. Right, anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. But no, um, yeah, I mean, again, again, I agree with, with both of you guys. Um, the, the, the second one, whilst, again, I think it's not as good as The Omen, it is, is, is a very good, it's a very good movie. And, you know, it has definitely got its place in the franchise. And like you say, sequels are famously, you know, not seen upon with much favor until it comes to horror ones and i think i don't know if uh if omen 2 kind of suffers from that a little bit as well but you know it, it it's 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 still got some decent ratings and things like that but i think yeah no it's it's good as well because i like the fact in these movies that we have really big jumps in the timelines you know yeah. so, so often in sequels you know you get oh like oh this the, the five years later a movie comes out but it actually takes place like a day after you know the the events of the first one and i like the fact that you know in in omen 2 he's i think it says here he's 13 um, 13 and then obviously obviously in final conflict he's much older again i don't know exactly uh how old he is but i like the fact that we we almost get this sort of different stages of life and the progression of life um of damien i, I really like that and the fact that he's lived what is apparently a fairly normal life up to that point, you know, he's living with his uncle and aunt and his, you know, adopted brother and everything's fine. So obviously there has been no, no evil things happening in the interim and it just, it, it picks up again. He's, I, 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 um, I like that. I like the, the thought of the devil just laying low for eight or nine years, just waiting for his time. You know, that's what he's doing there. Well, I yeah. mean, if, if, uh, if anyone's got the patience to do that, it's probably the devil. He's a very patient, very patient guy. Yes, yes. See, see, I like it because the three of them together, if you watch it, like the first one's them protecting Damien. The second one is him realizing he's actually got the powers. And the third one's him trying to actually use them. It's like the evolution of him. I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm sort of trying to say. That You've probably put that in slightly better words than, than I was able to because that's that's what I was sort of going for. You know, it's it's three different aspects of his life isn't it like you're not yeah. just getting and i think this is a problem a lot of franchises sometimes sort of run into is that you just end up really just getting kind of the same movie 
over and over again whereas here you're kind of getting three completely different aspects of life yeah like the the fourth one's the worst well, i've never seen it i don't think i've seen the fourth one either the the fourth one um what is it again i think is it it's the awakening yeah it's, it's basically like the twin type thing like damien is the twin inside the girl or something like that it's fucking weird eh? yeah you well, know that i'm just quickly twins inside you I'll put it this way, I've just looked it up and on IMDB it's got a 3.9 rating. <laughs> awful. It is really awful. So, um, yeah. I mean, people can go make up their own minds, but it doesn't sound like a movie that's really to be recommended. Uh, Nico, anything else about the original Omen that you want to get into? Uh, well, not really. I just, I, I, like, the only problems I had with it was there was a couple of special effects that don't really line up nowadays, but that's for the time, you know, they couldn't do yeah. better. As well as, I think, once a movie gets to a certain age, I don't think you can really level that as a criticism at it anymore. Yeah. This movie is f- 46 years old, like, I think that I would expect a 46-year-old movie to have things that look, you know, maybe not quite as polished as they might do now in 2022. Now, if this movie had come out in 2012... Then we could be sitting there being like, you, you know what, the effects of the Yeah, exactly. yeah it's, it's like, it'd be like complaining that a black and white movie is not in color. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. So for oh, me, yeah. that, I don't that... mean in a bad way. I'm just saying it's 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 still good, but it's just the, like the decapitations you were talking about, that yeah. that, that just looks, I, I saw that again and I laughed this time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it's, not, not, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. But I love but it. I, when I saw it as a <laughs> but kid, I love I it so much. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't even, the, the plane of glass doesn't even cut his head off so much as it kind of just knocks it off. Like yeah, his head was yeah. very loosely attached to begin with. Yeah. yeah. But you like know a stiff breeze would have knocked his head off. <laughs> that feels like me on a night out. Um, so what's your favourite death in this? My favourite death is the decapitation scene. Is it? But not, not because, like you say, it's any good, but it's, it's so memorable and it's so, it's iconic. It's an iconic scene. And I just love it. And I love how shit it is <laughs> how about you david yeah i think the decapitation scene although the priest getting impelled by the uh what was it, a lightning rod yeah is uh is, is, is beautifully shot and the way that the music and the sound effects are this you know come to this huge crescendo with the storm and the lightning and then as soon as the thing pierces his body it goes to complete silence mm-hmm. like the yeah. storm and just even, blows off and yeah. it even does that judder but it hits him and it looks like it actually doesn't pale him. I, I love that bit. Yeah, it's a good edit, right? It's the way that the camera swings down and then you see him. It does look like yeah. it actually just went through him. Yeah. yeah I, 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 that's a great shot. That's a great scene too. Definitely. Uh, so my, my last point, and then I'll, I'll open it up again for, for last calls before we move on. Um, One of the things I love about this movie is I feel like it's just, number one, there's so much of it that's become part of pop culture. If you get, you know, you, you know, things like the, the, the score to it, um, you know, there's the Damien six six. I know all this is part of the part of religion and things like that as well. But because it's so loose, so closely based on that, I feel like this is a movie that's still relevant now in twenty twenty two. P 
people still know about this movie people still make references to this movie and i think that's the fact that it's still doing that 46 years later is a testament to the high quality of filmmaking that we were talking about in some of those scenes you know the cinematography is really quite excellent at times in this movie the score is really excellent throughout this movie and i think all of those things combined this is just it's such a good all-round movie that yeah. I think this is a movie that we're talking about four and a half decades later and deserves to still be talked about. Totally, because, well, you hit it on the head there. It is, it's like you talk to people that are religious and they believe some of the stuff that was in this movie more than they do with basically their own Bible. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, last call then, guys. Anything else that you want to talk about before we move on to the next section? Well, I was just why something about this movie that I that always I think treats the movie unfairly is people compare it to The Exorcist. Yeah, and I, 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 I mean, I, it's, it's <laughs> like that. I think I've done that three times. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm, but but, I, but people compare this movie unfavorably to The Exorcist. Yes, right. I, I I actually I like this one better. I prefer The Omen over The Exorcist. Not that The Exorcist yep. isn't a yep. great movie, but The Exorcist is much more about shock value and. Um, just the shocking abuses that you know this little girl is going through the omen is much more set up and and, and uh, ambiance and, and paranoia the paranoia uh, i love i feel like as well with the omen i mean i personally out of just the two movies i personally would prefer the exorcist however i feel like the omen is has a much wider reach because you're not talking about a specific demon that you know many many people may never have heard of you're literally talking about the devil this is a thing that's taking place throughout the world you know they're going all across the world this is just a little kid whereas in the exorcist it's a kid this this little girl's just been possessed by this demon and it's all very confined to within the house and you know it's it's a little bit more claustrophobic i i, I mean i get why people make those comparisons i've done that myself just in this episode i think it's a bit unfair just to compare them in general because they're two completely different styles of movies they're completely different films they have different subject matters just because they both happen to deal with supernatural um occurrences people just lump sort of lump them together and for me i don't think you can really compare the two at all despite the fact that i did it myself <laughs> it's just the sort of thing you do isn't it you know people will say to you oh what do you prefer x or, uh, x or y this and this oh the exorcist or the omen and they just always sort of get lumped together as a pair, despite the fact that they're they're completely unrelated and they can deal with very different topic matters. Yeah, I'm, I'm always just like, can I, can I have both? I just want both. Yeah, it does make a good double feature. Oh my god, yeah. And the <laughs> and the and the Omen had a much less batshit crazy director. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that baboon scene, he went a little. Yeah. He didn't have his morning coffee that day. On the Rottweilers. <laughs> and the Rottweilers, yeah. Oh dear. Right. Um, shall we move on then? Well, yeah, um, just so you know, I do prefer the Omen as well. There you go. It's two against one yet again. I think you two are just going to gang up on me for the rest of this episode. Never. Hey, David makes sense. I can't help it. <laughs> you try to say that. I ne- you saying I never make sense? No comment. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, let's move on <laughs> to our next segment. We're going to talk about some trivia. I'm sure if we bashed your head in, all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. We've already gone through most a lot of the trivia, but I'll uh, I'll I'll do a couple of other pieces. According to IMDb, because we kind of now have to qualify what we say here, uh, this movie had a budget of two point eight million dollars and grossed worldwide sixty point nine million dollars. That's quite mm. a quite a return on interest. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, it did, it, did, it did very well and deservedly so, I thought. And and I think uh, I think some of the initial reviews weren't as kind. I think this movie has um, aged better. The reviews have gotten kinder over the years. Yeah, I would say so as well. I'll, I'm going to say a little bit more about that when when you know we when we get to mm -hmm. the review section because I think you're absolutely right. Um, a I've just completely lost my place. Yes, here we are. So according to at least one biography of Gregory Pecks, he took this role at a huge cut in salary. And I like here, because it says in brackets, a mere quarter of a million. Oh, yeah, well, oh, Gregory Peck, you know. A, a mere quarter of a million. Nico, would you even get out of bed for a quarter of a million? God, no. I'm a Sparky, remember? We, we wipe our arse with 20 quid, no? <laughs> but... Uh, he was also guaranteed 10% of the film's box office gross. So right, he loved that shit. So 60.9 million, he, he took home a cool 6 mil. Yeah, I'd love to uh, find out why he made that decision. I guess you can't ask him now, but I wonder what, like if that was his agent's advice or was he just that brilliant of a businessman that seems like an interesting choice to make. I'm not and sure. It because out, and it worked out favorably for him. I'm, I'm not well. sure if it maybe had something to do with the fact because he was essentially retired at this point as well wasn't he so i'm not maybe sure if that had some sort of influence over him if he maybe just happened to find um this movie particularly compelling that he was willing to take maybe more of a risk on it i'm not sure like it's um but it is interesting it would be interesting to know that as a as a yeah as i a think fact. it was parkinson he was on he said something along the lines of it was to do with like he wasn't really caring about the money thing he thought he would win stuff for it basically yeah, I think as well, it might have had some, some things to do about, you know, the fact that his son had died a, a, a short time beforehand and, and things like that as well. So I think some of it might have, I think it could be a combination of all those factors. But of course, like you say, David, we're, we'll, we'll never know. Um, well, it was a, regardless, it was a brilliant move. Oh, it was a great move yeah. because, you know, six million in, in 1976, that's, uh, we're talking some major, major bucks there. I think it ended up actually being his biggest payday ever. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, because of the subject matter, this probably doesn't surprise a lot of people, uh, they really, really struggled to get writers uh, on board for this movie uh, and went through a whole bunch of them. People just wouldn't even touch this movie with a barge pole based on the subject matter. And it goes back to that whole thing we're talking about, you know, this isn't just any sort of general possession. We're talking about the devil here as well. Yeah, more um, people were religious then, that's why. Yeah, of course. Um, the Vatican, we're talking about the here, here comes the Vatican. We're very. I don't. This is going to shock both of you. The Vatican were very opposed to the making of this film. <laughs> wow. Of course, they were. They were too busy moving priests around from church to church. Um, oh. they, wow. Uh, they claimed. I'm just going to ignore what you said there, Nico. Claimed it was being made solely towards ends absolutely consumeristic and economical. I, d I mean, I don't know about you guys, but why would anyone make a movie to make money? <laughs> I know. Like, oh, they're just in it for the money. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Welcome no, to the hold party. On, hold on. Are, are you talking about the Vatican just in it to make the money? Or are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> Like, the Vatican has any room to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 Um, Entertainment Weekly, they ranked this as the 14th scariest movie of all time. It Which, did terrify me as a child. I did. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, there was a few other people who were in for the role of Richard Thorne, Damien's father, in this movie. So, see what? How would you guys have felt if this movie was led by Charlton Heston? 
<laughs> that would have been overacted to shit. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. As up next, uh, Roy Scheider. Fucking hell. Uh, I, I, that's a hard one. I don't know. Roy Scheider. I don't know because Gregory Peck just plays the statesman so well. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Roy Scheider. Okay. Okay, but here's 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 the killer. Okay, how would you have felt about this movie that was led by Dick Van Dyke? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like a musical, and they do like a him and the devil have a little dance off at the end with the. <laughs> you just hear devil without a Georgia playing the background at the end, you know. <laughs> you just I, break I, I, with I cannot, the fiddle. I cannot see that at all. Oh no, I, I, that would be. I wonder if he would, because he's because it's set in the UK. I wonder if he'd do his Cockney accent. Oh no, no, well he couldn't. He's American ambassador. Well, that's true. Yeah, but he, maybe he was like ingratiating himself in the country. Uh, oh, the last piece of trivia I have. So David Warner uh, got to keep his severed head as a memento from the set. Um, many many years later, he ended up getting divorced from his wife, and his wife obtained custody of his severed head. Like she demanded it in the divorce. Yeah, that just seems strange. I don't understand either. That I think, and you know, this is I'm not saying that this is true. David Warner must have done something really shitty to his wife for her to be like, "See your severed head. I'm keeping that." Maybe she just missed sitting in his face. You know, just. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> What's David, wrong I, with that? Maybe I, she did. <laughs> I apologize, David. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think I didn't think about it. Like, like maybe she's like, "You're, you're great with your tongue, and I'll miss that someday." So I want your severed head. Nico, shut the fuck up. What? <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Oh boy! No, I'm not even oh. going to make the jokes. I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, go for it. Feel free. No, I can't. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, watching it. She she gets done watching Magic Mike with her mates, and then she goes home. I got to get the head out of the box. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any double A batteries? I need these. <laughs> oh, yeah. can you imagine it lights up. <laughs> oh my god! She puts it on a Sabine. <laughs> Right. Any other trivia from you guys? This movie. Um, the uh, the goldfish were actually sardines painted orange because they didn't want, and they were, and they were they were pre dead. They didn't want to actually kill any goldfish, so they took some dead sardines and well, that painted was them nice orange. Of, that was okay, nice so in the grand scheme of things, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, yeah. they took sardines and painted them orange because they felt bad about fucking goldfish. I can't find a vein. Like I don't know. Care, what's right. going on. Carefully, that's exactly how you said hit a baboon. From a <laughs> distance with a dart gun. That's how you do that. There's no other option. Like fuck that. Uh, apparently in the scene when they were pulling up to the church, uh Donner wasn't getting the right reaction out of um the kid who plays Damien, whose name is escaping oh, me. Yeah. Um so he was like was calling him names, like little kid names, like you booger. To get him to get him to like react more strongly in that scene, because the kid was not you know reacting as violent as he wanted. I think I think he did something similar in that final scene as well, where he got him to smile at the camera because he was having real problems. Apparently, I think um, 
his, his uh, Harvey Stevens is, is, is his name. I think he was quite difficult to work. Obviously, he was a very, very young child, but it was quite a tricky child actor to work with. They really couldn't get him to do a lot of the stuff that they were wanting him to do and get the reactions they wanted off him. And so I think he employed similar tactics, obviously, in the opposite, in that final scene as well, to get him to smile at the camera at the end. But didn't they have, like, a TV program about him going missing as well? And it was like, he just went off the planet for, like, three years or something. What, Harvey Stevens? Yeah, the, the kid dropped off, like, when he was a fully grown adult, everyone was like, oh, what's happened oh, to the kid from the, the omen? <laughs> this five-year-old's gone disappeared. No, well, but he was an adult. He just, like, was like, fuck it, I've had enough. I've got plenty of money, so I'm fucking off. And just dropped off the grid. And they actually had a proper, oh, my God, it's the curse strikes again. He's disappeared off the planet. And then he appeared again. <laughs> he was just, just like, like a club net or something. Yeah, pretty much. He was just like, fuck it, I was having fun. Fuck just, you guys. Just comes in in a Hawaiian T-shirt and some sunglasses on and be like, hey, what's up, everyone? Right. <laughs> you guys are looking for me? Uh... <laughs> and it, it was the early 90s, so he had a white tosh at that point. <laughs> and it wasn't um um the 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 actor who plays his father the, the the brother his uncle in the second movie what's his name uh oh i, I just oh, had up two seconds i'm ago. sorry i'm drawing a blank i just but he up, was it was um william holden william holden thank you he wasn't he also considered for the role of, of the father in the original i of, think of, I think he, he turned, was. I think yeah, he, he was. turned it down because he didn't want to be in a movie about the devil. But then he saw the bank that this one made. Like, yeah. you know what? Yeah, I'll do the second one. I know yeah. it's probably safe to say the second one was less successful. But it's still, I, I mean, like I'm looking at it just now. The, se- the second movie still made about five times its budget. It made about a third yeah. of what the Omen made, but that was still well over, but well over what its budget was. Yeah. Yeah. The- it was guaranteed they were doing a third one because it wasn't that bad, that movie, you know what I mean? No, and, and the second one's still in the 70s. It was 78 for the second one. So to make, I think... That was like two years later. It's like 26 and a half million, it says it's made. That's still a, that's still bank. Isn't it? It's bank bank now for, for, you know, small independent movies and things like that. But for, for 1978, 26 and a half million is not bad. Yeah, because I, I don't think any of them, like, made a loss, did they? Like, knowing uh, what it would, there's Awakening, but I, I don't even think that made a loss. I, I, can, I can I can just quickly, very quickly double-check. No, you're, uh, the third one made four times its budget, made 20 million. The Awakening, uh, which is not wanting to show me. <laughs> My computer's looking a little fit, guys. Uh, the Awakening, it, it's not telling me the finances of that one, so maybe maybe yeah, that's but... the only one. But the first three all made very healthy profits. But I'm sure it was like I'm sure it was on some program. You know how I pick up useless facts sometimes. But I'm pretty sure that it's one of the only franchises for every single one that made a profit. Oh, oh there you go. Um, last call then. Any other pieces of trivia before we move on? I can't think of anything. Nope. Okay, that's perfect. Right, let's move on to our next segment then, and we'll talk about the ratings and the reviews. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. We will start off with the critic scores. As always, IMDb scored this movie a 7.5 out of 10. Metacritic has it a score of 6.2. The Rotten Tomatoes critics have got scored this 86% fresh, with the audience giving it 80%. 
critics' consensus, The Omen eschews an excess of gore in favour of ramping up the suspense and creates an enduring, dread-soaked horror classic along the way. We threw it out to you guys, our followers and listeners, asked for your scores and opinions, and on average, you guys scored this movie an 8.9 out of 10, which, Nico, you'll know is one of the higher scores that we've had uh, yeah. from, from the listeners. Uh, one of the things, uh, and it goes back to what you were saying, David, earlier about how this seems to have aged well in terms of how people thought about it, not one person who responded to us scored this less than an 8. Oh, wow. Not one. And, you know, we're not talking, you know, four or five people here. We get a good chunk of responses across our social medias, but not one of them was less than an eight, which is unheard of, pretty much. Good. Rightfully <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we'll go through just a few um, a few listener opinions, because uh, I'm getting a little bit conscious at the time. Brutes and Slashers podcast, they scored at an 8 out of 10. This one got me. It's all for you. Yikes. Sets the tone for the classic battle of good against the forces of the 666 and the OG Brawling Beast. Eileen Johnson, a solid 9. Not quite perfect, but close. Furry, left fe- well, Furry Lefty Filth gives it an 8. If it came on, I would watch it. And a uh, friend of this podcast, and I know friend of the House of Screams podcast, Daniel Ryan, the Nightmare Nerd, scores it an 8 out of 10. Its FX have not aged well, but its music and Gregory Peck's acting are still solid. So thank you very much to everyone for sending us in your opinions. And that just leaves us three. So uh, we'll go with Nico first. What are you going to score on a scale of 0 to 10, The Omen? Uh, I've only done this once before, and I'm giving it a 10. Because it is, it is the perfect supernatural one. Like I can't think of a better supernatural one in horror. I did not expect that. You have yeah, only given one before. You gave your other ten went to the Lost Boys. Yeah. Wow, perfect score. Okay, okay. Uh, David, zero to ten, The Omen. Oh, I hate to, I hate to be a follower, but yeah, ten. Uh, this movie is among a handful of movies that. Again, since I was, I'm older, so I was alive when this movie came out, but this, this is one of those handful of films that formed the basis of what my love of horror became. This, Night of the Living Dead, Alien, pretty much anything by John Carpenter back then, all formed my love of horror, helped to define it. And this movie is an absolute classic for me. It's one of those films, like the one reviewer said, if it's on the TV and I stumble across it, I'll start watching it till the end. Yeah. I, I never get tired of it. I, I love every minute of it. Awesome. Totally agree. I, I remember last time I saw this, I was actually in the States when I saw this on the TV. I was flicking through channels and it was on about halfway through and I just sat and watched the, the last half. So yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Well, there you Thanks. go. There you go. Well, Nico, especially as you know, I kind of have to be the party pooper. Obviously, you know better. I, I, I've ne- on this podcast anyway, I've never given out a 10 and I do not. I, I can guess. I can guess what you're going to rate this. What am I, gonna I think I know. I think you're going to go seven. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm giving this a nine. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm giving this a nine out of ten. I, 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 I think this is an amazing movie. I absolutely love, love this movie. Um, I think it's such a good all-rounder. It's such, you know, it's, it's, it's part of horror pop culture. It still gets referenced to this day. There's one or two very minor things. You know, we're talking about how you can't hold the FX against it. And there's a couple of little character things that I'm not a massive fan of, but I can't take too much away from it for that. So yeah, nine out of 10 for me. 
See, you don't like supernatural ones. That's why I put you down for like a seven or an eight. Mark. I like supernatural films. Mm, not as much as you do the other ones. Oh, that's I still like them. Anyways, uh, all of our scores combined with the critic scores gives the Omen an average score of eight point five out of ten, and it means that it is tied for third place on the leaderboard yeah. with the exact same score. As Reanimator, excellent. Nice. Which uh, was the other episode we had Candy on for. So. Oh yeah, that, that, that yeah, fun uh, movie. So yeah, Nico, you were pretty much spot on there. Yeah, I did say I wanted it. I I thought it would be top five and it would be top three, but yeah, spot on for a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You very spot on. You know, not only it's top five, it's tied in the top three. So there you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone who has a interacted with us who's sent us your opinions we really really appreciate it and we've got a new movie in our top five so it's 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 excellent excellent movie um but we shall move on then to our final segment of the show and uh david yes <laughs> how much do you know about horror hello amanda i want to play a game um i think i know a lot although whenever i talk to other people I, I feel like i don't know as much as i think i do so i guess let's find out so this is i think i know so, i think i know a fair amount particularly about horror from like the 70s so uh, this is the uh, thing um it, it feels very much because i've done nico you you quizzed me last week nico i've done you a couple of times we've had mac on so they're still in we're still in the early days of the trivia leaderboard Unfortunately, Mac is currently sitting at the bottom of the leaderboard with uh, <laughs> with four points. So basically, for those who don't know, the trivia challenge is a weekly trivia challenge where we challenge our guests to a 15-question horror general knowledge quiz. And all you have to do is just try and get as many right as you can. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. We will go through the questions one by one. Uh, you can give me your answers. You can pass, and we will go back to the questions at the end for all of you pass. I must accept your first answer, though, so if you're unsure, it's sometimes better to pass and then come back to it as well. And all I right. would help, but every time I've tried to help, I've got it wrong. So. You, yeah. Nico, last, la, la, not last week, the week before, was giving Mac, Mac clues, and he was giving him wrong clues. To the wrong character, that's to, the worst. So it was it was not good at all. But um yeah, you know what? Like sometimes when the pressure of the quiz is on, Nico, you're you're a nightmare for this. You crumble under the pressure of the yeah. quiz. Um, I'm I'm gone. But uh but yeah, we'll see how it goes anyway. Are you are you ready? Bring it. Okay, let's do this. Question one Who directed Halloween three season of the witch? Oh, I should know this because we covered it on the pod. Oh, I, I, I'm going to have to pass because there's no way I'm going to remember that. Question two. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Is a quote from which horror movie? <laughs> pass. Question three. How many times is the word xenomorph used in the original Alien movie? Jesus. Zero. Question four. McCready, Blair, Childs, Clark, Knowles, and Palmer are all characters from which film? The Thing. Question five. What is the name of the town where Buffy the Vampire Slayer takes place? <laughs> Pass. 
Question six. What are the two words that Frank says after being caught by the Cenobites at the end of the first Hellraiser movie? Oh, give me one second. Give me one second. Um, uh, oh, and I, I'm picturing it in my mind. Jesus wept. Question seven. Who directed the Evil Dead remake? Pass. Question eight. How many people die in The Conjuring? The Conjuring. <laughs> uh, none. Question nine. How old is the character of Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist? Uh, I don't know. Nine. Question 10. John Travolta, PJ Souls, Piper Laurie, and Sissy Spacek all star in which horror movie? That would be uh, Carrie. Question 11. Which A-list celebrity starred in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers in the early days of his career? Uh, I'd pass. Question 12. Which movie studio is also known as The House That Freddy Built? pass oh my god i suck question 13 what is the title of the upcoming horror movie directed by jordan peele and starring daniel kaluuya and stephen yun oh is it is it no no i think maybe with an exclamation point question 14 the texas chainsaw massacre portergeist salem's law and invaders from mars all had which director toby hooper question 15 in which year was the faculty released 1999. Okay, we'll go back and just go over your passes one more time to see if you can remember any of them. So who directed Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? No, without looking it up, I'm not going to be able to recall that. Sorry. Okay. Question two. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son is a quote from which horror movie? Okay, one second. Let me just... Um, Amityville Horror. Okay, next. Uh, what is the name of the town where Buffy the Vampire Slayer takes place? Never watched an episode of this show, sorry. It's, it's not rainy, it's not rainy, it's um, the other one. Nico, Nico, just, just stop. <laughs> Question seven, who directed the <laughs> Evil Dead remake? No, no idea. Uh, okay, question 11. Which A-list celebrity starred in Halloween 6, the curse of Michael Myers in the early days of their career? Wasn't it like Cuba Booty or something like that? No. No, pass. I don't want to cheat and look at it. And up. finally, uh, which movie studio is also known as the house that Freddy built? I don't know. No clue. Sorry. God, I'm just going to hang my head in shame now. Okay. Okay. That's it. You're tight. We've, we've done. You, you know what you did? You did fine. <laughs> Look, he's trying to be gentle. You're being, oh, you're being so gentle. Funny. Nico, right. We'll get Nico's answers uh, and we'll see how, how he did as well. So we'll go over these. Question number one, who directed Halloween three season of the witch? Nico? Uh, is it Bolson? Can't remember his first. Wilson, just Wilson. Yeah, it's, no, it's no, the I'm volleyball. It's the volleyball from Castaway. No, no. I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but I think it's Wilson. Something Wilson. It's not. It's, oh, a, okay. it's you're gonna kick yourself, David. It's Tommy Lee Wallace. 
Ballistic. Yeah, see, I, with that, with, I would have had to look it up. Yeah. yeah, it's just not there. Question two. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son is a quote from which horror movie? Nico? <laughs> Is that not Insidious or something? It is. It is Insidious. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, question number three. How many times is the word Xenomorph used in the original Alien movie? Nico, I think you thought that if this was like a really difficult question. It wasn't. Because David got it spot on. It's zero. Oh, okay. I thought it was just one. Oh, thank God. It's never referred to as the Xenomorph in, in the uh, okay. movie. It's just called the Alien or the Thing or whatever. Uh, question four: McCready, Blair, Childs, Clark, Knowles, and Palmer are all characters from which movie? David, you're spot on again. It's the thing. Woo-woo. Classic. Question five: What is the name of the town where Buffy the Vampire Slayer takes place? Nico, do you know this one? Of course I do. It's Sunnydale. It's Sunnydale. Yes. Yeah. If you've not seen it, though, that's one of those questions. If you've not seen I, it, you're not going to know. Like I was a massive fan of the movie. It's so bad, it's good. <laughs> you're not a fan of the movie. You're a fan of the actress. The, the actress is awful in the first one. I'm a fan of the actress in the TV show. Paul Rubens. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Question six. What are the two words that Frank says after being caught by the Cenobites at the end of the first Hellraiser movie? You're spot on again, David. It's Jesus wept. Oof. That's a great scene. Yeah. Uh, question seven. Who directed the Evil Dead remake? Nico, have you got this one? Uh no. no. It's uh, it's it's Fede Alvarez. Oh, okay. Question number eight. How many people die in The Conjuring? Again, similar to the Xenomorph question, it's easier than you think because it's none. Yeah. No one dies that. in The Conjuring. Question number nine. How old is the character of Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist? What was it? Was it nine you said, David? I, unless that's wrong and then no, it's not what I said at all. <laughs> Yeah, I Nico, said nine. Nico? Is it not 13? Oh, no, she's 12. 12. I knew it was close to that. I'm like, yeah, I can't remember if they picked 13 or, like, yeah. Uh, question 10. John Travolta, PJ Souls, Piper Laurie, and Sissy Spacek all star in which horror movie? You got that correct. Of course, it is Kari. Question 11. Which A-list celebrity starred in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, in the early days of his career? Nico, do you know this one? Uh, No. No, it's Paul Rudd. Is it? Oh, Rudd. wow. I think that was Danielle. Okay. It's Paul Rudd. Question 12. Which movie studio, you're going to kick yourself with this one, David, is known as the house that Freddy built? Nico? Uh, I, I had it, and I've just drawn a blank. Uh, nah, my no. brain's just bright. It's New Line Cinema. Yeah, that annoyed the yeah, show me because I knew the answer. <laughs> Question number 13. What is the title of the upcoming horror movie directed by Jordan Peele and starring Daniel Kaluuya and Stephen Yeun? I'm going to give you this. It's nope. Oh, nope. That's, that's, uh, I don't want your charity. No, I, 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 <laughs> listen, I would have expected the point from Nico if I had given that as an answer, so... And I wouldn't have given you it. Well, I'm just more generous than you. Question number 14. Not the, to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question 14. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, Salem's Lot, and Invaders from Mars, all at which director? Spot on again with Toby Hooper. And finally, in which year was the faculty released? What was 99, you said? Yes. Nico, have you got a guess for this one? I'm trying to remember how old I was. 
I think it's 2000, is it not? It's not. It's 1998. Eight. Uh, so close. So it was very, very close. Uh, but overall, you scored 7 out of 15. Oh, I'll take that. Shit, that's better than average in high school. So if you take me and Nico out of the leaderboards, because obviously we don't really count, yeah, you're now sitting top of the leaderboard. Really? Well, I'll, I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> so but, congratulations. But if Why you add off Lockhead, Ian, are you still top? Yeah, I'm still top. <laughs> oh, that just but, Where do I rank against other House That Screams members? So we haven't, we, we only started this. Candy hasn't, uh, or Rob hasn't taken this yet because we uh, weren't they'll, doing they'll it. Just, they'll, just, they'll destroy me. But uh, we've got Sean, as I said, coming on in a few weeks. Um, but so it's just you and Mac that's on there from the House That Screams at the moment. Oh, uh, okay. And, for- and unfortunately, Mac uh, scored four. Oh. <laughs> but Mac, Mac did say, you know, we did surprise him on, it a li- uh, on him a little bit. And he says, you know, he doesn't classify himself, I think, as a horror guy as well. So, yeah. But, uh, but no, seven out of 50. I think that's a perfectly respectful score. Oh, um, great. And, and Nico, I was very lucky. <laughs> very lucky. Nico gave me the quiz, and I just like pot shot guessed what, like four of them? Yeah, bang com- on as well. It completely just like, you know, it was like, what year was this release? And I just said a fucking, I had no idea. And it just, I had like a few of those. So, yeah. He was, he was like, I don't know, 2000 or something like that. And it would be right. It was that bad. Just he was pulling out. numbers out of his asshole. And it just definitely <laughs> wouldn't. But, well, what can I say? What can I say? But, so congratulations there, David. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Up next on the show, Nico, it's back to just being me and you. Just just, uh, just uh, the two of us. Just uh, the two yeah, of us. See, go. and I, I, I resisted yes. doing It's an Omen. Did you notice that through the whole episode? I'm so proud of myself. Oh, congratulations. You've just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, though, we're talking about something completely different. We're talking about Slither. Oh, uh, yes. So uh, I, 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 I take it you're a fan then, David. Yeah, very much so. I, I love. Uh, wasn't that uh, Peter Gunn? Yes. Yeah, I, I love. I love my horror comedy. Yeah, 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 definitely. And this is a horror comedy of a more gooey nature. So. Yeah, it's uh, very gooey. Very. Um, yeah, it's a very damp film. Very, very yeah. much looking forward to talking about that. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Damn Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Podcast at the Damned. You can email us pod at the damned at gmail.com and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pod at the damned. <sighs> Nico, it's been a number of weeks since I did that and got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Very well done. Thank you, thank you. Uh, David, where can people find The House That Screams? The House That Screams is on all the major social media platforms. I think Twitter is where they're the most active, right? But uh, yeah, any of the uh, social media, and that's really the only place I am. Uh, seek us out. We love to have fun on that show. Sometimes too much fun and it runs on too long, but that's, you know, Sean has to edit them, so it's that's his cross to bear <laughs> and a fine job he does of it too oh a sometimes fine... he has to sometimes he'll be like guys we got to wrap this up it's like i'm gonna have to edit all this <laughs> but uh yeah the links to the house's screams uh, will all be in the description for this episode it'll be across our social medias as well so please do go check out the house of screams there's i think four episodes of there that you should really check out because i'm on those four <laughs> <laughs> you think I you, are, you are our favorite re- you are our favorite recurring guest Oh, well, thank you very much. I am coming back oh, on the show. Don't say that to me. Head will get fucking bigger. <laughs> oh, okay. I am going to be... Well, they told, they told me I had to say that. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I did message you earlier about that. Um, I am going to be coming back on the show. I think I've got two episodes coming up over the course of the coming month, so I will be making another oh. couple of appearances back there as well. And I can't wait because it's always a good fun, even though it's like two in the morning for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have like toothpicks in my eyes by the end of it, but it's always fun. It's always fun. Uh, but David, thank you so, so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. We didn't quite manage to withhold it in the hour and a half that I promised you we'd keep, but we're only like two minutes over. <laughs> no, that's fine. It was, uh, I, I, I could spend more time talking about this movie. You know? so, <laughs> well, that's the oh, thing. We're like that, aren't we, Nico? We could just spend hours and hours and hours talking about it, but I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk about, you know, The Shining for six hours. <laughs> Why not? the well. pattern in the carpet doesn't match and stuff like that you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no, you, you needed lsd to survive that carpet well that's true, that's <laughs> true. but no thank you so so much for joining us i really really appreciate it you're welcome back on the show anytime in the future and then, like i say we'll obviously be talking on the house of screams uh coming up relatively shortly i think as well so thank you very much brilliant nico as always thank you so much for joining us Thank you very much for having me on again. No problem at all. And thank you to all of you guys at home for listening, downloading, and interacting with us. Thank you, thank you very much. And until next week, you all stay spooky out there. <laughs>